The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. And yes, it is that time of the week. Gavin Dowd is back for another edition of In Our Defence, wherein he tells us all about a case from a legal history that might seem odd on the face of it. You'll wonder why we're talking about it, but we're talking about it because these cases all have uh, ramifications uh, today. I'm not so sure maybe about this case. Do we still live with the ramifications of it? Is there a legal precedent? I'm not so sure. It's a great story. It's an it's a fascinating story. People will think it's not even a real story, Kevin. Uh, people will think it's not a real story and maybe parts of it aren't real. And I think it's worthy of a movie right. for, for properly fleshing out. <laughs> Kieran, first of all, I'm going to give you a list of names here. Okay. This is a list of the good, the bad and the mass murderers. Okay, Nicholas Van Hogstraten, he was a rogue landlord in London. He was worth hundreds of millions of pounds. He was convicted of manslaughter of one of his associates. Dr. Harold Shipman, the rogue doctor turned serial killer who murdered, it's estimated, about 250 of his patients. Jeremy Bamber, who murdered five ma- family members. Slobodan Milosevic, he was the former Yugoslav pre- uh, president. He was known as the Butcher of the Balkans. Saddam Hussein, who used weapons against his own people. And Patrick Duchy Holland, who was uh, a prime suspect in the Veronica Guerin murder. Why do I name all these people? They're all people you don't want to get stuck in a lift with. Certainly. certainly. Um, but these are all people that one man, Giovanni De Stefano, claimed he was the lawyer of and he was the legal advisor to and had defended these people in their various cases. Giovanni De Stefano is the subject of In Our Defence today. He is somewhat of an enigma. He uh, made his career basically defending the indefensible cases. Okay. He was attracted towards people who were accused of doing really evil, heinous things. And he very much earned the, the nickname the Devil's Advocate and uh, prided himself in this um, ability to overturn cases that seemed unwinnable. Okay, before we get then to some of these people he's, he, he represented or claimed to represent or his work or his qualifications, any of that, who, who was he? Where was he from? Let's go back to the very start. Giovanni de Stefano, as the name suggests, he was born in a small village in southern Italy. At about five years old, he moved to Northamptonshire. And he claimed in the mid-1980s, he earned all his money, or kind of his first career, his first foray into business, was importing VHS tapes from Hong Kong into the UK. And he claimed he made millions from this. Right, okay. So he was this kind of secret millionaire, and no one was exactly sure of the source of his wealth. This was the story he told anyway. And he was not your typical lawyer. As you can imagine, barristers... Some might suspect importing and exporting other things. Uh, quite anyway, possibly. Anyway. We couldn't possibly speculate. <laughs> uh, as you can imagine, the legal establishment, Kieran, in uh, London, I mean, they're, they're the Oxford and Cambridge educated. They're the people whose fathers and, and mothers were solicitors and barristers. And this guy turned a lot of heads when he came in. He was balding. He was quite pudgy. He was a man in his 40s. He spoke with a Cockney accent. Um, He was more a used car salesman than a typical barrister. So he turned a lot of heads in the courts when he he first appeared. And then when it, it turned out that he was representing all these, you know, war criminals and mass murderers, Obviously, he garnered a lot of attention. We'll just take a little segue because there'll be people listening to this and they'll just feel a bit of disquiet at the thought that solicitors represent these people full stop, regardless of Giovanni De Stefano or anybody else. You know, this idea that, you know, there, there are things that are indefensible. 
It, it it might seem that way, but hey, the um, I mean, everyone's entitled to a a defence. Uh, the law is very complicated and very difficult to navigate. And you, even if you are accused of doing some terrible things, you should be entitled to legal representation to help you navigate the court process. And second of all, and we've talked about this before, the presumption of innocence is the cornerstone of our legal system. That somebody is presumed innocent until proven guilty. You can be accused of doing horrendous things until a court of law decides by jury that you are guilty mm. of doing those things, you are presumed to be innocent. And the the way that, uh, well, the modus operandi of um, uh, Giovanni De Stefano was using legal loopholes and kind of technicalities in the law. So, for example, Nicholas Van Hoogstraten, who I mentioned earlier, this guy who was convicted of manslaughter, uh, he looked at a piece of paperwork which had been incorrectly filed this was a real technicality here. Piece of paperwork which had been incorrectly filed by the prosecution and was able to get the entire conviction overturned on the base of that piece of wow. paper. Uh, but yeah, we might have a listen to Giovanni De Stefano here talking about one of his uh, more <laughs> questionable clients. Jeremy Bamber, asking if you represent him and he's seen you uh, in the media representing various people. Very happy to take on my case. How about that? Sure. He's in full Sutton as well. Bloody hell, Jeremy Bamber, who else? Five murders. I'll, I should be known as Mr. Murder. <laughs> who is he then? Well, he's a man that allegedly, some years ago, allegedly, and he was convicted and you can't go behind, uh, 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 that allegedly uh, killed his entire family, his mother, father, sister and two children. He has professed his innocence throughout all right. He doesn't he, sound he, like your typical lawyer, does he? he? Well, he's gleeful uh, <laughs> when he gets the call. Uh, he's absolutely delighted. He keeps saying allegedly when Jeremy Bamber has been convicted. <laughs> been convicted. You, don't, you don't need to worry about Jeremy Bamber suing you. You can say whatever you want about Jeremy Bamber. Absolutely. I think Jeremy Bamber's <laughs> reputation has yeah. been... He's destroyed his own <laughs> reputation by his own actions. Uh, but... I mean, he didn't stop with the law because he got involved in, in other business dealings. He tried to buy MGM Music or MGM Movie Studios in the early 1990s. Right. He borrowed a, a billion pounds or two billion pounds to purchase it and it fell through and he claims he made a load of money from that. He got a settlement with the bank and, and he was enriched from it. He tried to buy Norwich City Football Club despite claiming to know nothing about soccer. He even had some dealings in Ireland. He tried, well, he claimed to try to buy Waterford United. Andrade United, although Waterford and Andrade said, we've no idea who this man is and we've had no dealings with him. So he seemed to be this this enigma, this mystery man who told a great story. He even said he had sat down with Osama Bin Laden, who I think he described as a, a very nice guy and a very gentle person. And of course I would have defended Osama Bin and I would have done my very best uh, um, uh, there, as I would for you if you were indicted for stealing a milk bottle. All right. All right. He equivocates Osama Bin Laden with people maybe who are <laughs> you know, in charge of stealing a milk bottle. You um, won't find Osama Bin Laden down the district court with uh, with a common theft, I don't think. So so we've got this, uh, this lawyer, originally from Italy, kind of shady background, represents mm. the worst of the worst when it comes to humanity. Um, do, do, like, are we talking about him simply because of that, or does does he get in trouble himself? What happens, Giovanni? Well, well there's a, there's a big twist in the story, and you you listen to the the names of the the people he represented uh, that I listed out earlier, and you think, well, you couldn't make this up. Well, it seems that Giovanni Giovanni De Stefano did make a lot of it up. So he described himself as an avvocato, uh, avvocato, who which is a, a lawyer in Italian. It's the, yeah. the Italian title for lawyer. 
And that's what it said on his business cards. But it repeatedly in court, and this even occurred when he uh, when he came to court in Ireland, he um, argued in front of the Supreme Court for Patrick Duchy Holland, who I mentioned earlier, and the Chief Justice John Murray said, you have to present to court some evidence that you're actually a lawyer. Because if you are a lawyer qualified in any EU country, then you can practice in any other EU country. Mm. So this was what he claimed. But when they dug down, they couldn't find any record of him being a qualified lawyer in any uh, association, bar association in Italy, nor could they find any record of his legal qualifications from any university. So it didn't really add up. Now, normally this wouldn't necessarily be an issue because you can still represent yourself in court without a lawyer. Somebody can stand up on your behalf if they're not a lawyer and represent you and advise you. But the problem was he was claiming to be a lawyer and he was signing court documents uh, which were only documents you could sign if you were a lawyer. So he was kind of undermining trust in the legal system if he was not who he said he was. Now, the, the journalists dug into his past a bit more, trying to find out more about this guy. And there was a record from the mid-1980s of a guy called John De Stefano, who was convicted of theft and fraud offences. He had basically... Um, made up fake checks uh, to pay for himself, to pay to himself, uh, and he was served time in prison. I think about four or five years for that. Mm. When he was released from prison, he was working with a solicitor, this same John Di Stefano, and he uh, embezzled about two hundred and thirty thousand pounds. And the uh, solicitor's disciplinary board said, "Never work with the solicitor again." So you were gradually uncovering that all was not as it seemed. <laughs> right. And what had happened was because he had built up this massive notoriety and he even prided himself in saying that people would be ringing him up from pr- their prison cells saying, Giovanni, we need you as our lawyer. I want to mount a defence and I want to mount an appeal to my conviction. Um, ordinary people came to him and thought of him as this you know, superstar lawyer that could fight yeah. their cases. So he took on personal injury cases. He took on compensation claims that, uh, you know much less high-profile solicitors would typically deal with. And a lot of these clients that he took on had issues. Um, One man who uh, was injured in a car crash and lost a limb had £150,000 in compensation taken away from him by Giovanni Di Stefano. Another woman had life savings of 75000 which vanished into thin air that she had um, paid him for his, his legal fees. So these people went to the police and said, I haven't seen my money. Something is awry here. And in 2013, he was convicted of 27 charges of various fraud, obtaining money by deception and uh, money transfer by deception. So this guy was a fraudster, essentially. And not a liar. Not a lawyer at all. That emerged in the case that he had never been a lawyer. He had never been a qualified lawyer. He was obviously very bright and he had represented people in court and got them out of their terrible convictions for doing terrible things on technicalities. So he knew the law, but he wasn't a lawyer. But as I said, the problem was he was representing himself as a lawyer and he was signing documents uh, suggesting that he he was a lawyer. But, you know, it's it's an interesting story because this man would have been a great lawyer if only he had qualified. Yes. I mean, he, he demonstrated his legal skills uh, Skill. And uh, you wonder uh, about all these stories as well uh, about Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden. Once someone tells one lie, uh, you wonder, did they tell us anything that was true? How much of this, if anything, is true? And who is the real Giovanni Di Stefano? Uh, because his, uh, his son, he's now serving a 14-year yeah. prison sentence. His son is still trying to figure out 
actually, what did my dad do? He was always abroad. So, sorry, so on he's, business. he's he's not he's we, we can't even say that he represented all of those people he claimed to have represented. He certainly represented some. He, of he them. certainly represented some, and he was successful in some of the cases. Yeah, but as he a lawyer, when he wasn't a lawyer. But we don't know if he actually represented Saddam Hussein. No, and he, he name dropped everyone from you know Saddam Hussein to he, he claimed to have met Osama bin Laden when the rest of the world believed he was in hiding. <laughs> so right, okay. I mean, if you believe that, you'll probably believe anything. He claimed he was an associate of Robert. Mugabe, but what would have put him in touch with any of these um, these warlords, these war criminals? Yeah, there is a theory that he was a spy, um, and his son is piecing together the evidence here and trying to figure out who his father actually is. But you know, no one would be more happy to hear this segment on News Talk right now than Giovanni De Stefano himself to hear himself and his own occult of personality being talked about. Well, I hope he's listening in uh, from his prison cell somewhere. <laughs> Listen, uh, our legal question of the week is kind of related to what we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you quite rightly laid out the, the, the rationale for everybody being entitled to a defence. But can a lawyer, a barrister, refuse to represent a person because they think their crimes are too heinous. You know, I, I accept the principle you need to be represented, but I do not want to represent you. Not really. Not for those reasons. No, barristers in the, the Code of Conduct in Ireland, they have a duty to defend someone even if they don't believe that they are innocent. And uh, they have a duty to uh, accept instructions in the, the field of practice that they practice. Uh, so yes, uh, you have to put your principles aside somewhat. But as I said, you know, Everyone is entitled to a defence, no matter what you're accused of. All right. What are we talking about next week? Next week, why you might not always need to read the small print. All right. Okay, I look forward to it. Uh, Gavin Dowd, with another edition of In Our Defence, you can find all previous editions on the News Talk app. Stay with us. We'll have all your business news next. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. With Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.